Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. As always, I am your host, Joseph Vidala. Today, we are going to talk about how to finish a song when you're stuck. We've all been there, right? You are make some progress on a song. Maybe you just wrote a killer chorus and you are just super excited, right? Because the melody is perfectly emoting the lyrics. You feel confident about the lyric. You think to yourself, man, that lyric is so good that somebody someday I could see getting a tattoo of that lyric on their whatever, their leg, their arm, uh, which is something we're going to talk about, I would say, in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not totally sure. But at some point, we're going to talk about writing a tattoo lyric, as I call it. Um, but regardless, um, you know, we've all, we, we've all probably, probably hit that point where whether it's we wrote something really great and now we're trying to follow that up, right? Like we're trying to, we just wrote a great chorus and now we're like, how do I write a verse that does this chorus justice, right? Or maybe you're far advanced in a song, right? You have every single part working. The first verse is great. The melody's good. You like the piano part or the guitar part. Uh, the chorus is great, the bridge is great, the finale is great, everything is great, except that dreaded second verse, am I right? We've all been there, right? Second verse is, um, unless you have a third verse, uh, and even sometimes with a third verse, the f- second verse is most often the hardest part of a song to write, uh, right? Because you ha- you're constrained by the you know syllables and all that of the first verse, so you're even more constrained writing it than you are, you know, any other part of the song because you already have a framework you have to fit it into. I did a whole podcast on second verses, I believe. If so, check it out. If not, um, sorry for lying, but I think I've done that. (laughs) If not, I'm sure I will do it because second verses are a special breed. Uh, But sometimes, you know, you only have that one part left that just, just, you just can't get to work. Uh, I think I talked about this, but there's a song, Fly Away, that took me... uh, Oh, I definitely talked about this. In my uh, iterative lyric writing podcast, which is... I don't know. That might have been episode 30, so that might have been a while ago, but uh, that's a really awesome one. Go check it out if you have not listened to it. But I went through how I iteratively made my second verse for my song uh, called um, Flightless. Uh, how I iteratively made it better, and how I sort of got past that roadblock by iteratively making it better, which basically means um, walking through it one step at a time, right? Like, maybe you just change one word to make it better. Maybe you just change one line to make it better. It's just little little bits at a time that add up to a lot. Uh, is basically the concept of that. But go check out that podcast because it's a whole like 45-minute podcast breaking down that process and uh, showing you the individual iterative steps I took on a specific lyric um, and what my thought process along the way was. So go check that out. It's very helpful, I think. So 
um, we, we've all had that moment, right? You've probably, you've probably, if anything, you're probably thinking right now, man, I, I think I have more moments of being stuck than not stuck, right? Which is, which is maybe writing in a nutshell. Um, you know, it's, it's so, there's so many ways to get stuck and there's so, you know, creativity or specifically like the muse, right? And inspiration can be so fickle. If you even, you know, if you have a good idea at midnight and you're like, oh, it's already an hour past my bedtime, um, which if you go to bed at 11, hey, good for you. But man, <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to go to bed before midnight. But anyway, you know, and you, and you decide to wait until the morning to write it. You know, sometimes that inspiration has gone, right? You missed the muse. It's too late. It's gone. Um, so it's so fickle sometimes. Uh, so much so to the point that sometimes it feels like, you know, when inspiration strikes, if you don't write the whole song right now, you know, it's you're not you got to take advantage for this half an hour that the muse is at your house, right? And that's not always true. And I've talked before about how you can't rely on the muse. The muse is a good uh, tool, right? It's it's nice to be inspired, but you have to be able to work through when you're not feeling as inspired as well, or or, or manipulate yourself into being inspired. Uh, I know manipulate is a dirty word, but um, you know, persuade yourself if you want to see it that way. So we've all been there, right? Where you're just stuck on a song. So today we're going to talk about the three main ways I think we get stuck, which is from a musical standpoint, right? You're stuck musically where to go next. A lyrical standpoint, you know, you're stuck with lyrics. You don't know where, where the, the, uh, maybe where the theme is going. You don't really know what the story is, where it needs to end up. You don't know what you need to say in the second verse. Um, stuff like that. And then the third one is a psychological standpoint. So sometimes it's not necessarily, uh, music and lyrics getting in the way. It's more ourselves just, just sort of, uh, getting in the way. And so, sometimes it's not even ourselves so much as, um, sometimes we hit roadblocks for reasons, and those reasons can be something like, um, you know, the, the verses just not being right. You finish them, but they're just not right. And really, we need to tear it down and start again. Um, but we'll get into that. So first is a musical standpoint. So maybe you have a chorus written and you like it and you're like, OK, now I have to write a verse. And you don't know where to start. You don't know what the verse should sound like. You don't know um, melodically what it should be like. You're, you're just you just don't know where to go with it because you just have this chorus, and you know the, the outside of it being in the same key, probably, and the same tempo, probably, hopefully, because if you listen to me, I talked about why you should not have tempo changes in your songs. Um. But besides that, it's a pretty open template, right? Uh, some things to consider, obviously, are usually uh, you want your chorus to be more epic, to be more um, big sounding. So usually you want to be using a lower register for your voice in the verses than the chorus, usually, right? Sometimes you might want to go for the reverse effect. Um, 
so there's other there's little things like that that inform you so if you're you know belting g's and c's um like tenor high c um in your chorus you know you have a lot more room with your verses to still be under that so that it feels like you're going up even more you're increasing the energy for that chorus but for the most part right like it's it's an empty template your verse can be anything and and it's the same the other way around right if you write the verse first uh the chorus is a blank template it should probably be in the same key should probably be same tempo but you know that that's pretty much all you have to go off of oh and you know lyrically thematically it obviously needs to be the same story but right now we're talking about music right this is from a musical standpoint so one thing you can do is to take the chord progression you all already have if you have a chord progression and you know i i talked recently about you know inspiring you to hopefully not write a chord chord progression and you know a brief summary of what i meant by that is you know, write, you know, a piano riff and guitar riffs and melodies and stuff like that. And, and sort of, um, don't, don't just like pick up a guitar, pick a chord progression and go. And, you know, same with piano as well. You know, don't just be like, Oh, I'm going to do one, five, six, four. Like, don't think like that. You should be thinking more by individual notes. Um, cause that usually results in more interesting music. That's a very watered down version of, of what I was saying. So, that being said, you know, there still are chords. At the end of the day, you will have some form of uh, chord progression, even if you didn't write it to explicitly have a chord progression. You didn't start with the chord progression. So if, you know, say you do have your chorus is uh, six, five, four, one, right? And that repeats twice. So six, five, four, one, six, five, four, one, boom, chorus. Um, something you can try if you're sort of stuck with writing a bridge or something else, you can try to take those chords and just come up with an alternate melody, right? It's, it's fairly common, especially for a bridge, um, to have the same chord progression as the chorus, but just have a different melody over the top of it. And because the melody is 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 largely what people remember from a song, and then some arrangement things too, but like a lot of people aren't going to even notice chord progression. Uh, you know, they're too busy listening to the guitar riff, the bass line, how the drums changed up, the melody, the lyrics. You know, there's so many other more distracting, more interesting things than whatever the the chord progression is. Um, so to just take that chord progression and figure out a new melody for it, right? You can, you can, and of course, again, as I talked about recently, instrument improvisation being important, you can just take that chord progression, maybe record it on your phone real quick, uh, you know, record like four minutes straight of it or something so that you don't have to loop it or keep hitting play and then just improvise on your instrument of choice over the top of it until you come up with a new melody that you like, right? And that can be maybe your verse or your your bridge. It can be a different part. So you can use those same chords. You know, there, there are many songs and many interesting and, uh, you know, really awesome songs out there that use one chord progression for the whole song. You know, there's, there's a lot more things than just chords to keep a song 
interesting, right? There are so many different levers you can pull to make something interesting, right? You can build or break, right? So if you keep layering in new instruments and it keeps getting bigger and bigger, you can get away with repeating the same musical themes over and over and over again because there's something else that keeps it interesting. Or changing up the melody can keep it interesting. Changing up the instrumentation can keep it interesting. There's so many different ways to keep a song interesting beyond like changing what the chord progression is that you honestly can get away with. And I don't recommend this often or to do it all the time, but you certainly can get away with using the same chord progression and it not being any less interesting. Uh, Another thing you can do is take a chord progression and reverse it. So, uh, you know, taking the example I just gave, where your chorus was 6-5-4-1-6-5-4-1, reverse it. 1-4-5-6-1-4-5-6. And that you know, is a totally different chord progression. Now, really, it's just a mirror image of the chord progression, right? It's the opposite. Um, But it is different, right? And that might inspire you differently. And the melodies off of that are probably going to be different. So you can literally just reverse it. See how that goes, right? So the reason that this helps you get on unstuck right is both both of these things taking the chords and just coming up with an alternate melody specifically in this case you know especially if you're improvising and using that to eventually find a new melody or taking a chord progression and just reversing it these are things that don't take much creative bandwidth right you don't need inspiration for this there's no there's nothing inspired about just reversing a chord progression right just try it Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't, but it's a it's a free try, right? You have one five six four. All right, four six five one. Try it, right? Like just do it. And if it doesn't turn out, fine. But this is a way to help get you unstuck in a way that it doesn't require inspiration. It just requires you to, you know, logically think about like, okay, how can I change this up? Um and I, I touched on this, but or implied it, how you can have, you know, just a couple chords through a whole song, one chord progression, and it stay interesting. And one way you can do that is building and breaking. And another way to look at that is changing the energy. So, you know, one trick you can do is change to cut time or half time or double time, uh, which are basically all terms for, you know, if your song is in 120 beats per minute, depending on how the drum beat is, it can actually sort of feel like 60 beats per minute, or it can feel like the 120, or it can feel like double, where it's going at at 240, right? Because if you think about it, you just... If you think about it mathematically, right? Like 240 divided by 2 is 120, divided by 2 is 60, right? So, and, and, and music is very, very mathematical, right? So... All of those beats per minute are really just different ways of looking at the same music. Um, because if you play a click track, right, at 240 versus 120, you can play the song in the exact same way and it will work. 
The only difference is, in a sense, now you're getting at the 240 beats per minute, right? You're getting eight beats. Like before, you had four beats per measure because, let's say, it's in four-four time, right? Now you're getting eight beats in the amount of time that before you had four beats. But really, that's that still works, right? You can just say, oh, well, instead the click the click track isn't just playing one, two, three, four anymore. It's doing, um, you know, it's doing half one, one and a half two, you know, that that sort of thing, right? That that an every one of those is a half beat instead of a whole beat. Every single click is a half beat instead of a whole beat, right? Or, you know, the opposite end, the 60 beats per minute is every two clicks is one beat, right? So so those are, that's something you can do to, to change it up. It just feels faster or slower. Really, the tempo stays the same, but it feels faster or slower. It has a different feel. Uh, that's one way to change the energy. Um Another thing is, you know, r- rhythmically and in other ways, um, you can find a way to, if your whole song has been hovering at relatively low energy, find a way to get it to be high energy. You know, maybe back to the, the cut time, half time, double time concept. Uh, you know, if you do double time, uh, if before you're hitting the guitar like, and now you do, right? Like like now it, that feels like more energy, even though it's at the same speed. I don't know if that was exactly at the same speed, but you know you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's kind of like how it slows the song down if you just do one strum and let it ring out one strum and let it ring out it just makes it feel like the song's energy came down so stuff like that just different arrangement choices like that that can help make it feel like the energy went up or down and i've talked about this before but really what creates interest in a song is is change and context is everything right so you know if you have a whole song that's just fast and all high notes it doesn't feel epic because there's no difference, right? You're belting high notes the whole song, so it's just kind of status quo. But if you start low and you start with only like two instruments and you build to ten instruments and high notes, that feels epic because there's a big difference from A to B. Um, so in that way, you can sort of dial up and dial back your the perceived energy. Right? Like, if you don't know, if you feel like, uh, I don't know, can I even have a verse three? Should I have a verse three? Isn't it going to be boring? Like, ugh, this again? You know, maybe doing, you know, dialing up or down the energy can help make it interesting, can help get you re inspired to finish that part. Or figure out an interesting way to break or build, which is very, very, this is all, you know, under that changing energy context, just slightly different ways of looking at it. So, for example, I have one song um, called Love You the Same, and the entire song is built on two chords and one chord progression. That's it. G and D. That is it. 
What keeps the song interesting, besides, you know, different parts, the melody changes, obviously, in different parts of the song. The verse melody is is significantly different than the chorus melody. So that's one part. Another one is I keep adding in parts and taking away parts. And I keep giving different melodies and, and, and parts in there to keep it interesting and the beauty of the simplicity of just the two chords is it allows me more um building and breaking options and it just it just allows you to create a song in a different way where it's almost like a loop and just add a new instrument add a new instrument add a new instrument which for some songs can work marvelously it's it's just a different way of looking at it and you know, you don't need to have a song that's just one chord progression to do that by any means. But just figure out a way to break your song. Break meaning, you know, the opposite of building. You're sort of, you know, coming back down. You know, you're just, you're just hitting high notes and there were like 50 million guitars and now you just acoustic guitar and you sing it in your low register, right? Figure out a way, like just change the energy. Decide, okay, where I'm stuck, what is the energy? Is it high? Okay, let's try low. Is it low? Let's try high. Something like that. Another thing you can do is try shifting into the relative minor key or, you know, some other minor key, but usually it's going to be the relative minor, right? So if you're in the key of C major, uh, the relative minor is A minor. So switch to A minor. For your new part. That can work. That's that's very often employed, especially for writing bridges. It will turn into the key's relative minor. It's extremely common. You also could try a key change in general, especially if it's like for your um, last chorus. But, you know, if it's your last chorus, you already... Usually choruses don't change musically by nature, right? Um, so I guess that wouldn't really help you with being stuck although it would help if you have a last chorus and you feel like it gets boring by that point and you want something to make it more exciting that is a good way to do that although i would argue that you're either repeating your chorus too much or your chorus isn't good enough if you think it's getting boring by the end Uh, there are exceptions to that but worth noting perhaps so another thing you can do is go back to the drawing board which there's a lot of ways to do this. One of them is the improvisation that I mentioned before, right? You have a chord progression or, you know, maybe, maybe you want to change the chord progression for whatever part you're stuck on, right? Maybe you need to write verses. You have a chorus and a bridge, you need verses. Um, so maybe you don't want the same chord progression. Go to your instrument, improvise. Now, depending on what instrument that is, you know, piano, the beauty of piano is you can improvise chord progression uh, or chords, you know, however you want to look at it. Um, as, as you may have noticed, I'm a little hesitant to say chord progression because I feel like when I say chord progression, what comes to people's minds is the idea of like one, five, six, four. And, you know, guitar, just, you know, seeing this really basic chord progression. So that's why sometimes I I like to say just chords instead. Uh, It's just a little distinction there that isn't, you know, at the end of the day, a chord progression is just a progression of chords. Um, But I think the implication is a little different. So 
you know, the beauty of piano is you can improvise both at the same time. Whereas like with guitar, unless you're extremely competent of a guitarist, you're probably doing either melody and like the form of like a solo or chords, uh, you know, obviously instruments like violin or flute, you, you, you can only do melody. I mean, you can't even play a chord with, with a flute, right? Um, so depending on your instrument, your level of how much you can improvise all at once is going to change. But regardless, you can, you know, on an instrument, you can, you know, on, on the piano, you can improvise different chord progressions without a melody if you really want. And then uh, get your flute out to improvise a melody on top of the first chord progression that you're like, ooh, I like this. Um, so go back and improvise in the same key. Right. And another thing you can do is try switching instruments, right? Because a, a guitar is going to influence you differently than a piano. Um, it just does. The, the way I write songs is just different on the guitar than the piano. It just is. And one is not better than the other. Um, they are just different. Uh, I will say personally, I am more competent of a pianist than I am a guitarist. I am a pianist at heart. Um, so for me personally, generally, I, I, I feel um, I write better on the piano. Um, or I, a better way to put that is, um, you know, if I were to break down all the songs I've ever written that are good, or that I'm remotely proud of ever, I would guess a higher percentage of them are ones I wrote at the piano than the guitar. Now, maybe my best song ever I wrote at the guitar, because um, not all my piano are better than all my guitar. Just the tendency is I'm a little more inspired by the piano because of my nature. So whatever that instrument is for you uh, is probably what you're going to gravitate to, and that's fine. Um, but specifically within song, if you're stuck, switch to another instrument. Um, and, you know, maybe you only play one instrument. Maybe you just play guitar. I would say a couple things on this. One, I don't usually consider your voice an instrument. Uh, it is and isn't. But uh, I normally don't consider it as such, when I talk about instruments, I'm usually talking about flutes and cellos and oboes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you can improvise with your voice if you only play one instrument. You know, you can try just singing around, just random melodies that come to your mind. Um, or the other thing is, I would argue, especially if you are just a guitarist, if you are just a guitarist or just a something that is not pianist, the one of the beauties of piano is being highly competent is very helpful and is a hard instrument to master. But it is not a hard instrument to if you even as somebody who is not a player to kind of sit down and poke out a melody right to just poke out some notes on the piano is something anyone can do and really for this you know gain, regaining inspiration and getting unstuck that's all you really need yes it's helpful to be a real pianist or or to be like me where i can sit down and i'm improvising chords and melody at the same time yes that is helpful but you don't need that so even if you're a guitarist and you just have access to piano piano or you know i often assume that you listening to this podcast are either a guitarist or a pianist or I don't know, like a, a ukulele, right? And that's that's because I think usually as songwriters we do tend to use in, use instruments 
um, that you can sing at the same time with, which for the most part, the vast majority is piano and guitar, right? Uh, and bass, you know, is sort of, it is its own instrument. I'm not disrespecting it, but it's, it's very similar to guitar in that, you know, if you understand how frets work and how playing different notes work on a bass, you understand it on a guitar and vice versa, right? Like I'm no bass guitarist, but I usually just record my own bass parts because I play guitar so I can do it. Um, and, um, so that's why I don't usually specify that. And if you're a drummer, I'm sorry, I just cannot, um, super relate to that. I would, I don't even really understand how a drummer would write music because they're rhythm and they don't have melodies and harmonies in their instrument. So I'm sorry if that, uh, leaves you out at all, but you know, no matter what your instrument is, even, even drums, right? Like go switch up your instrument to try to finish the song because one instrument is going to inspire you differently than another. That's just the nature of the thing. It's just what's going to happen. And then something worth doing is sitting back and thinking, where am I musically on this journey? Right? And where do I want it to end up? You know, if I'm if I'm in the middle of the song and I feel like it's really gaining steam, how do I want the overall trajectory to look? Like have you ever seen one of those charts that sort of shows the plot of a movie, right? Or a plot of a book, a plot of anything, right? You generally have like a you you get a setup and then you have rising action, right? So when they show the graph, right, it starts low and gets higher, higher, higher until it gets to the climax. And then it finally goes down a little bit for the resolution. But for the most part, the whole the whole thing goes up, 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 and then the re- resolution comes down a little bit. We as songwriters, right, we also can have a chart like that. And often our songs are going to look something like that, actually. But you can change that, right? You can, you can do different, um, you can do different, uh, rises and, and falls in energy and in, and in, um, complexity and, and different, different things musically, right? So, so normally you have like first verse is lowest energy of the entire song. It's pretty common, right? And then first chorus goes up. Verse two goes down from the first chorus, but it's still more uh, more epic, if you will, more energy than the first verse, usually. And then the second chorus is even slightly more than the first chorus was. So now you have a new most epic part, right? And then the bridge often will either stay the same as the chorus or go even more epic, or it will break all the way back down. And maybe sometimes that bridge will actually be the lowest, least energy part of the whole song, right? And then maybe the last chorus is the most epic. Or maybe they have a chorus that's just acoustic, right? Which that's the lowest point of the song. The point is, right, you can play with the energy meter, uh, like we sort of talked about before. But like a book, right, where you've, you've probably seen that chart. If not, g- look it up when you get a chance. If you're in the car, please don't do it right now. Do not text and drive. Don't Google and drive. Um, but if you're in front of a computer, just look it up right now. Like, you know, if, 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 if you look up story structure, usually it comes with this graph. And so thinking about the musical journey that you want to take your listener on, like maybe maybe you wrote your first and second verses and your choruses, right? So you know, you, you can see now um, sort of the musical journey that you, you are on through verse one, chorus one, 
verse two, chorus two. So now you get to decide, hmm, from chorus two, am I going to go up to bridge and then up again to a final chorus? Or am I going to go down and bridge and then way back up for the third chorus and then have a finale that's even higher? Like, like what, what, what journey musically do I want to take my listener on? So it can help to just sit back and instead of actively trying to write, just think big picture. Where do I want this to go? That can be very helpful. It also is a good way to change it up, right? Because sometimes you can notice that you fall into the same trap of your song energy kind of looking the same every single time, um, which isn't necessarily a problem. But hey, any way we can find to mix it up and make it more interesting and get us more inspired, the better, right? All right. So that's a bunch of different ways from a musical standpoint. Feel free to pause the podcast, go work on your song, and come back for this uh, lyrical standpoint, because I just gave you a lot to chew on. Uh, Maybe I should have split this podcast. Is that what I should have done? Let's see. How long is this? Oh, 33 minutes. You know what? I think I am going to do that. We will be back next time to talk about the lyrical standpoint. Um, because I want to respect your time and this is probably going to become well over an hour of a podcast, which I've done before, but I generally want to shy away from. So hopefully all of those tips helped you, uh, and you can implement those in this next week if you are stuck musically and next week we will talk about being stuck from a lyrical standpoint, being stuck on lyrics, not knowing what to do with your next lyric um and we'll see if we can fit psychological in with that as well so here's a first right this is the first time ever on a podcast i decide i'm gonna split this podcast um so again hope this was helpful to you if it was and you have not done so i would super appreciate it if you subscribed if you haven't subscribed already i assume you've done that um And if you haven't, go to iTunes, leave a review. If you feel like you can give five stars, great. If you feel like you can't, I would prefer you to reach out to me, Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at songwritertheory.com, and let me know what it is I am doing or not doing that makes me not deserve five stars from you so that I can improve So that I can make better content for you. And um, that way also you're not tanking my ratings. And hopefully then you can wait until the day that I do earn five stars from you. And then leave that five star rating. That way the rankings do not tank. And other people can find this podcast so we can grow our family, our community. And uh, reach more people for our cause. Which is... Um, to write better, more meaningful songs and hopefully to make sure the next generation and our generation, right, um, our current world of songwriters just keeps getting better and better. And we can accomplish that together, can we not? Also, if you haven't told a friend who you think might be interested in this podcast, just tell a friend, shoot them a link, let them know. And, uh, of course, if this was helpful to you, I do have a free guide 
on 10 ways to start writing a song today. Um, So if right now you're thinking, stuck, I can't even get started. Uh, that guide will be perfect for you. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. But honestly, those tips, um, will the link will be in the description as well. The, um, honestly, all of these tips are not just things that help you start a song. They're also a good way to help you continue a song, right? Because as I mentioned in this podcast, I said, hey, switch up the instrument. Uh, similarly, whatever, however you started writing your song, right? Maybe you started with a, a bass line. Maybe you started with lyrics um, or a theme or, you know, however you started your song, it might help to finish your song with another concept, writing another concept first. Maybe you started with lyrics for your verse and chorus, but maybe for your bridge, you start with music instead. Um, So either way, this guide will be super helpful to you. Again, totally free at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. The link will be, as always, in the description. And I will talk to you next week when we pick up where we left off today and we will talk about how to finish a song when you're stuck from a lyrical standpoint and from a psychological standpoint. Have an awesome week, and I will talk to you then.